courageous conversations that parents need to have with your, their kids. That is the focus of this week's Motivational Monday. Joining us live in studio this morning is international speaker and coach Elizabeth Bennett. Good morning, Elizabeth. Good morning, Sue. Thanks so much for being here live with us. Nice to see people face-to-face to have these important conversations, and this definitely is. You say it's all about connection, so I don't really think anyone could argue that we really need to be connected with our young people, but tell us why you believe connection with our kids is key these days well here's the bottom line with that we have bullying is rampant mental health is through the roof and the saddest thing of all is that suicide is the second cause of death of teens and so this is an opportunity for us to really get reconnected with our kids we need to find out what's going on with them Mm -hmm. and What I found is that when I speak with kids, they say, well, you know, I don't feel valued. Nobody seems to listen to me. I have a hard time. Um, What we do is yell and scream at home. And then I have parents coming in and, and they're frustrated and concerned and sad. And they don't know what's going on either because they're seeing their kids change right before their faces. And and they don't, they don't seem to get it, and they don't know how to connect. They don't know what to say to their kids. And so then they end up being frustrated and yelling and screaming at each other. And so here they are. They're this far apart, and I want to be that conduit that brings them back together again. Love it. With your career, over 35 years of teaching, administration, and coaching experience, I, I think, in my opinion, the easy way is to say and paint it with it, well, the technology is what's getting in their way. But I remember being a teen, and, and I have teens in my house, and so does Sue. I, I think that electronics are a part of it, but connecting with our teens is, is nothing new, is it? No, it isn't, but here's what ends up happening is, you know, you get the, the one-word answer kind of thing. So, you know, the parent is excited about seeing their child yeah. after being at school all day, and they say, so, hey, how was your day, Right. It's a common kind of question. Mm -hmm. It really has an impact for the parent. They really want to know what's going on. But what ends up happening is the answer becomes fine. You know, like kids have great four-letter words. Nothing. Fine, good, (laughs) nice, and then nothing, right? Well, what'd you do all day? Nothing. Well, what do you mean? You were there for eight hours, right? And that parent's um, attitude is just getting a little escalated because they're kind of frustrated. They're waiting for a really great answer. Have you been watching me at my house? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, you know, so then here comes the apathy piece for the teenager. So up goes the hoodie, in go the earbuds, mm-hmm. out comes the cell phone, and they're out of there. The sad part about it, though, is that they're really sad and frustrated and heartbroken because their parent hasn't asked about them. They asked about their day, which is out there, right? And then the parent is standing in the kitchen or living room or wherever, and they're heightened and frustrated and heartbroken as well because they don't know what different question. They thought that question was pretty easy and Mm -hmm. straightforward and just wanting to know. And then they're left with that kind of space about now what? Now what do I say? And now what do I do? And there's that separation right there in the And the house. gap just continues yep. to grow, right? And you are an award-winning retired school principal, and you've been nicknamed the teen genie. <laughs> so obviously you've lived in that space, and that's where your experience, your knowledge comes from. Tell us exactly then what do you do in terms of dealing with the, the, the teens and, and bringing them closer together with parents, for example? 
Well, I find out what's going on for them because, you see, behavior is a form of communication, and it's under there, and we often respond and react to the behavior rather than trying to find out what's really going on. So you ask more questions. You you find out about, so tell me a little bit more, or you say something like, uh, I notice that you're you're looking frustrated or upset or angry. And, and if you've picked the wrong one, they'll certainly tell you. <laughs> and so you just continue to have that conversation to say, well, you know, give me a little bit more to work with. Like if you said that you're angry about this, tell me a little bit more about it. What's making you so angry? Right? So that, that finally there's a voice there. Finally, they have a space where they're being listened to and being heard. And, and that's also what I speak about when I'm chatting with parents, too, to say we need to come from a different perspective now <clears throat> because we come, with, um, we come with our filters, so our background, our, you know, our what, we, what we grew up with, what we heard, and so on. And those are filters that show up in front of us. So they show up in the way we speak, in the way we see, in the way we hear, and so we need to be able to have those filters moved out of the way so that we get a different kind of understanding. And, and you know, as, as parents and as educators and as, you know, adults, we often just want to solve the problem for our kids. Mm. And we just want to be there to, you know, so that they're not hurt, they're not in pain and so on. And sometimes we need to let that go. We need to hold on to that solution thing first and listen to where they're coming from so that we understand. And that's one of the, the five strategies of dedicated listening that I talk about is understanding versus judgment. So we have to put our judgment aside and, and really understand what's going on for them. You, you've laid some great groundwork, Elizabeth, but I'm wondering, aside from you know, the techniques and where we should be you know, taking these conversations, is does the atmosphere and the environment of where we're having these conversations help? And I, I, what I'm getting at is I've heard time and time again, some of the best conversations are had in the car when you're alone because <laughs> they can't get away. I know with my teens, if I say, hey, let's, I'll, I'll take you for a coffee, they know something serious is coming and they might get their guards up. Is there a best place to have these conversations? Actually, more often than not, parents have told me that the car is the best place that they found, either that or at, you know, 10 or 11 o'clock at night when your kids are supposed to be going to bed and going to sleep. And all of a sudden, then there's that space. But the the piece about the car is interesting because from the perspective of those safety bubbles, those personal bubbles where people can be together and at the same time far enough apart. Now, we need to understand, too, that the space about it is that this is not about, because I recall my mother or father saying this to me, you know, look at me when I'm speaking mm. to you. It's not about the looking thing. Mm. It's about the listening piece. Yeah, brilliant. And, you know, if, if there's a challenge or a concern about having a conversation, then start with something that's a little bit away from you so that it's not that, you know, interrogation piece, but rather, so I read this article or I just listened to this podcast and I just want your opinion about it. Tell me what you think. What would you do if you were in that place, right? So there's a, there's a space out there to begin to have that conversation. And you know what? <laughs> when you listen to kids, oh, my God, some of the things that they say are so brilliant, mm-hmm. and yet we don't take that into consideration. So you, 
So you might respond by saying, wow, I hadn't, I hadn't thought of that, right? And it's not about the space of, you know, having a, a, an answer right away to whatever it is they're saying, but simply just allow that space to be open because sometimes we need that to process. Sometimes we need that just to continue to think about something. And we're very quick as adults to jump in because we don't like the silence. We don't know what to do with it. And it's okay. And sometimes that's what they need too. We're quickly running out of time, but you've given us some great tips. But do you have one specifically you'd like to leave with our listeners to motivate them today and beyond and maybe help with the, that, that conversation? Sure. Two of them in one. Hey. I want them to put away their cell phones, turn off their technology, do what they need to do to get rid of all of that for a short period of time and have a dedicated, focused time with your kids. Get out and have some fun. Do something outlandish. Go tobogganing because we still have snow or it sounds like we're going to have more. (laughs) You know, go jump in a puddle with them. Go do something fun and exciting outside because they need for us to be there for them. Great point and a great Mm -hmm. book, Courageous Conversations. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. We appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me. Bright and early with Elizabeth Bennett, award-winning retired school principal, speaker, coach, and author courageousnetwork.com that's courageousnetwork.com to find out more about the book and about what elizabeth does